Thank you for listening to the Football Index Club daily podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with a brief summary of what is going on in the Football Index stock market every single day. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Football Index Club daily podcast. As always, I will be going over what's going on in the Football Index stock market today. And today I'm also going to be talking about three questions which may be worth asking yourself before buying a player. And it's something which I want to talk about because, first of all, I made a few decisions a couple of weeks ago which were, in hindsight, terrible decisions. I regretted them almost immediately. And it's interesting because on the website as well, on Football Index Club, the players that I've been highlighting in recent months have actually done extremely well. I've just had a look through my last five blog posts since the coronavirus has really impacted football and there's been a lack of fixtures. And within those last five blog posts, there's been over 40 players highlighted. Only one player has actually dropped in price and that's Mikel Oyarzabal down just 1p. And I'm pretty confident he'll rise again in the future. Um, but there's loads of players there who have actually raised huge amounts. And it's interesting to see such a contrast between the players I've highlighted and then in my own trading in recent weeks. So I'll get on to speaking about that a little bit more. But just to quickly go over a few examples then from the players I've highlighted uh, in recent blogs. Nicolo Zaniolo up about 30p since being highlighted a few weeks ago. Nikola Vlasic up a nice 8p, it's not bad. Manuel Locatelli up around 20% in just a few weeks. So there's some from the Taking Advantage of Drops slash Injuries blog. Ludovic Blas is up about 7p, which is a pretty decent percentage. Rodrigo Bentinker is up over 20p in just a few weeks as well from £1.20. Um, and there's plenty of others there as well in that other taking advantage of the drops and injuries up 4 and 5p as well. And then the transfer targets have done particularly well. Odson Edward up 12p, Calvin Stengs up 22p, quite a significant rise there. Ben Rama's up 13p, um, so quite a few rises there as well in the transfer targets. Alejandro Grimaldo as well up 11p and Maxime Lopez up 6p. All huge percentages between 10 and 20% mostly. Some of them haven't risen that much, but I suppose they're not all going to rise. Um, some of, but, but very few have actually dropped in price, which is great. And Milic Rashica as well, he's up over 20p. Sabozley is up a fair bit. Pat Sindaka is. Jean-Philippe Mateta was actually top of the squad list yesterday, and I highlighted him last week too. And then a few of the players in the value players under £2 post recently as well. They're up as well. Alfredo Morlas in particular, up um, 5p already. Only highlighted a couple of days ago. And none of those players have dropped. A few of them up 2 or 3% as well. So, first of all, the reason why those players have done so much better than the players I've actually bought a few weeks ago is because, first of all, I certainly do a lot more research into the players on the site than I do for my own trading. It doesn't really make sense and I need to sort myself out, which hopefully I will do in a few months and just get a bit more organised with my own portfolio. But I would say in general, I do put members of Football Index Club ahead of myself. I wouldn't like to buy into the players myself too much because I know that can kind of influence things. And if I was to then sell them, people could 
see that and it would all be a little bit dodgy, I think. But I think in the future, I will maybe calm down with that. I will start actually buying into the players that I highlight more often, as at the moment, I don't really do it enough. And a lot of the players that do research and pick do rise in price and it would be quite profitable for myself. I also kind of want to set a better example as well with my own trading because in the past, I was doing really well. I um, I think I did like 300% return on investment last season. Um, this season, I haven't really done so well, so I've been focusing on the website a lot more. But hopefully next season again, um, I'll really sort of concentrate on my own trading a little bit more as well once the website is kind of sort of finalised in a way and it's um, I've got a bit more of a process for just continually adding content to it. So... The main reason, though, why these players have done better, not just my own kind of models about not buying the players that I highlight, which I'm going to be a little bit less strict with myself about in the future, but also I am a lot more rational and I really think through the players that I highlight on the site and I look into their price graphs a lot as well. And I think that's especially Probably the main reason why the players highlighted recently haven't actually dropped is because I've been picking a lot of players who seem to have bottomed out in price. And the main reason that I have picked a lot of the players is because they may have been at the lowest price that they've been for a year, but certainly have the potential to rise in price for various reasons. And so the three questions which I've wrote down, which I'm going to start asking myself before I buy a player and may be useful to those listening to this podcast as well. So the first question is, how has their price changed in recent months? And you can just look at their price graph, really. And it's not just about why their price may have increased, but um, so it's not just about has their price increased, but it is about why and if their significance of earning match day or media dividends has significantly changed over a longer period of time. So if a player's just had a few good performances, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually going to earn that much more in match day dividends in the future. Whereas if a player's got a transfer to a significantly better team and they've increased a little bit but could still rise further, then they may be then that rise may be quite rational and it may not matter so much that they've already risen. But I think it can be very um, profitable picking up players who have dropped in price. But the main thing with that is because I've had I've made the mistake before buying players when they're dropping and then they continue to drop further. And it can be quite hard to see when they've bottomed, bottomed out in price. So I tend to use the sort of six-month and one-year graphs as well. So... A good example would be Amine Harrit. He dropped quite a bit earlier this season because um, he went up to about pound eighty, whilst the match day dividend trend was going on due to the increase in dividends. And he really peaked in price. But I think he started the season at about 80p. So that peak price that he hit kind of showed that he'd actually just become temporarily really inflated basically due to the uh, the trend at the moment um so when he was dropping back down to like one pound 50 or so that may have looked like a good purchase to me and i think i did highlight him on the site he's one of the few players i've highlighted on the site that's actually done quite poorly really um so yeah his price had been dropping but the reason for that was because he'd become way too overpriced temporarily and once those performances weren't sustained, as he just hit a really good form, um, I think it was in like October or September, he was player of the month in the Bundesliga. 
once his performances dropped off, his price really started to drop down. And given he'd risen actually from 80p or so at the start of the season, it kind of made sense for his price to fall back down so much again. Um, so I think looking longer term as well, not just, oh, their prices dropped 20% over the last few weeks, you do often need to actually have a look over a longer period of time and understand why their price had actually risen so much up to that peak price in the first place too. Whether that was part of a market trend or not can often be key to seeing if their price is likely to actually continue to rise at a sustainable rate or whether they're just going to drop off once that market trend fades and we move on to the next sort of paradigm or market shift, I suppose. Um, So that's the first question. How has their price changed in recent months? Um, And the second one would be, how do their recent performances or their recent chance of earning dividends in the short term compare to their longer term dividend potential? And one of the main reasons I am talking about this today, and I mentioned how I've made some terrible trading decisions in the past, is because I bought into Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes when they were right at the top, just trying to kind of gain a little bit extra profit on them whilst there was a lack of games. I thought they could maybe rise a little bit further and I could sell on quickly. But the main thing there is that their recent performances, um, well, not just that, but their recent chances of earning dividends in the short term had increased dramatically due to the lack of fixtures. And so once fixtures are being played again and the focus isn't just on media dividends, Pogba and Bruno Fernandes may well decrease a lot further in price, especially Paul Pogba, as his recent chances of earning dividends seem to have increased dramatically, but he's not actually been earning media dividends so much recently. So his price had definitely been built up on that potential to earn media dividends in the short term. And with that sort of fading away, his price is probably going to drop further. I haven't really made a decision yet what I'm going to do with him. I did not intend to hold Pogba or Bruno so long. I really kind of did just mess up that trade. Um, But hopefully making this podcast and making more content in the future, which um, I've sort of learned from this trading mistake, will end up sort of helping out other people and making that decision not seem so bad longer term. I'm also quite confident, I suppose, in my skills on Football Index to kind of turn this all around um, because I've just made a complete mess of it. I think I was just trading completely emotionally a few weeks ago. That's another just main thing just not to do. Um, And I was probably just kind of having a bad week. I mean, I think I lost more members on the website than I've ever lost due to the coronavirus and a lot of people panicking and kind of withdrawing from Football Index. It also meant that I would be staying out here in Portugal where I am currently based, but without any visitors as I had quite a lot of family and friends coming to visit me. So there was just so much uncertainty and my emotions got the best of me with that trade. Um, But what I've learned from it is, and I kind of already knew this, but my emotions got the better of me, as I say, is to focus on a player longer term and not just look at what's in front of you right now, unless you're adamant that that is going to be a short-term trade and that you will actually sell that player quickly. And that is the third 
question that I'd ask myself. So the second one is, how do the recent performances or recent chances of earning dividends in the short term compare to the longer term dividend potential? And then the third one is, how long will I hold this player for? And that is something which is quite important as well, because often I will buy a player and they'll rise the loading price. Maybe they're up 30, 40% in just a couple of months and everything's looking brilliant, but it can be very easy to hold on to that player and not knowing when to sell. But when I've gone into those trades, if I had a wrote down, okay, I'm happy to sell this player once he hits X amount, then I probably would have actually got rid and, you know, locked in that profit, which would have been a lot better. So actually thinking about how long will you hold a player can be really important. And I wish I'd have done that with Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes, as there was a time temporarily where they did increase to a price where I could have sold them for a quick profit, which was the aim of going into that trade. But perhaps I got a little bit greedy expecting them to rise further. And that has not been the case. So they're the three questions. The first, first one, how has the player's price changed in recent months? Have a look at their price graphs on Football Index. Um, it's really kind of important, I'd say, just to see how they've got on. If they've, if they've rose a massive amount, understand why they've rose and consider if their chances of earning dividends is likely to increase and sort of just continue. They'll continue to have a strong chance of earning dividends or if they've just hit a peak in price temporarily. And that's the second one. How do their recent performances, so sometimes players will hit form and rise to a price and then drop off once their form wears off. Um, so how do their recent performances slash chance of earning dividends in the short term compared to their longer term dividend potential? If a player has a better chance of earning dividends in the short term, maybe we've got a single fixture coming up or they've got really favourable fixtures, they've got a tournament coming up. Um which suggests that they may have a better chance of earning dividends. Often their price will rise a huge amount. Um, but once those fixed fixtures have been played, the price can drop quite often. So it's really important to have a look at both the short term and the longer term, I suppose. And then the third one is how long will I hold this player for? I think the average length of time that traders hold a share is about two or three days. So I guess I often hold players way too long and I need to start executing trades a lot better and actually just take the profit on players. I think what I do intend to do, maybe, I'm not sure when I'll be able to sell everyone, um, but I think what I would like to do is maybe have a system where I just buy players and hold them for a month because if I followed exactly what I kind of preach traders could do um, and talk about on the website in terms of holding players and then just selling them after like a month on average, the results are incredible. I think the average is about 9 or 10% per month, which I'd be quite happy with. Not perfect and it's not as good as I've performed in the past, but I think Football Index is maybe getting a little bit more difficult and I think a 10% return each month I don't think many people could really argue about that as that accumulates to I think it's over 100 or 200% return on investment per year which isn't bad at all and so yeah I might just start being very strict with myself in terms of how long I hold a player for or maybe just sell at their peak because it can be hard to call how quickly a player will rise up to the price that you're kind of expecting them to rise up to but anyway, that's enough about my top three questions to ask yourself. I hope people have found that useful. If you have any other 
ideas about that. I, I'm sure there's plenty of other things. And there's more things related to actual players, um, like plenty of things like, do they fit the market trend at the time? Um, how good are the PB scores? How old are they? And just many other reasons. But I think those three are more based on kind of a bigger picture, I suppose, in terms of their price. And then just talking about the market today, again, we've got more Bayern Munich players rising. Serge Gnabry's up 16p, Alfonso Davis 15p, Benjamin Pavard up 12p, Nkunku up 11p as um, Bundesliga will be back. So that's leading to some of the best players in the Bundesliga rising huge amounts. Julian Brandt and Thiago Alcantara up as well. And Liverpool and Man United inquire over Ferran Torres, leading him to increase in price even further, up to £2.66 now. He's been highlighted on the site more than any other player, so it's great to see his price continue to rise. And on the squad list as well, Angelino, another one at Leipzig, really good player. Thomas Muller, Halstenberg, David Alaba. As I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, a lot of players who could be in action ahead of other teams and other leagues are likely to rise in price in the short term. But how sustainable that is, it's hard to call. Again, that kind of fits into what I was saying about asking yourself these questions. These players probably do have a better chance of earning dividends in the short term, but their price is being built up on that fact already and you don't want to start buying players because they're rising and if you just do what everyone else in the market's doing often you won't be too successful really you need to kind of find an edge and buy into players before other traders if you really want to make the best profits on here um, and then on the decrease list as i've said paul pogba dropping terrible trading decision by myself not sure what I was playing at there. He's down 12p to £7.74. Um, and I expect his price to continue to drop whilst he doesn't earn dividends. But a lot of this is just traders listing him. Not many people will be instant selling him due to the huge spread. And so I do kind of expect his price to rise again at some point if he starts earning the dividends again. That's the key thing. So his price is likely to fluctuate. For now, I don't really see much point in selling him while he's down and a lot of people will probably unlist him once he starts earning dividends again. So I suppose I just have to be patient with that one. It's been quite a long episode today, actually. 18 minutes then. I hope this has been useful. I hope you take something away from this. Hopefully I'll get an intro on this podcast soon. Maybe if you're listening today, there will be an intro. I've not quite decided yet. But as always, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you've got any questions at all, it's at the Index Club on Twitter.